Do you like the way I flick my tongue or not? You could rub my face until you drip in cum. Could you lick the tip and throw the dick or not? Could you let me stretch that pussy out or not? I'm not the type to call you back tomorrow. But the way you wrap around me is a problem. Ain't nobody trying to save ya. Baby, get that paper. Probably got a lot of other bitches owe oh, you favors. Pussy so good, had to save that shit for later. Took her to the kitchen, fucked her right there on the table. She rappin' XO to the death I'm tryna make these bitches sweat I'm tryna keep that pussy wet I'm tryna fuck her and her friends I'm tryna Hey, 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 hey Good evening This is the Not Necessarily Podcast I'm your host, Freddy Staying ready so I ain't gotta get ready You already know Let's go This is the sex episode it's gonna be an exciting one. It's gonna be a tough one for me. I don't really talk about sex. But, you know, I'm starting to get used to it. I'm starting to get accustomed with my own sexuality. You know, self expression, life's depressing, time's about progressing, never sexual suppression. So, put your strap on. Uh, um, strap yourselves in. Mm, it's because I'm kissing and telling. I know it's not attractive or whatever. Yeah, I study attraction, definitely. I read something, I heard something the other day about, you know, it's not attractive for a man to be kissing and telling. But I don't give a fuck. Obviously, if sex doesn't interest you, you're not human. I'm just kidding. But not really, like, if you're easily offended by talking about sex, well, in my opinion, I'm not too surprised. In my opinion, it's like the most uh, controversial topic with the widest range of theories, thoughts, culture, opinions i mean it's right up there with with uh, what is it race religion and politics like you should be on that list of things not to discuss with people at coffee shops things like that but this episode is my take on in my experiences so stop listening if you're defended by sex for real shout out to the people in podcasts that i learned from tax season you know free tax stone that was one of my favorite podcasts and my first one that i started listening to michelle hope she's a sex therapist She's cool. Lip Service, of course, with Angela Yee. Uh, the Ask Women podcast with Marnie. She's great. The Wing Girl. Uh, Dan Bacon on YouTube. The Far From Average channel on YouTube. And just anybody who's afraid to op- who's unafraid to openly talk about sex, I fuck with you. I appreciate you. You know, growing up in this world, it could be traumatizing. It is confusing, like, the way sex is just thrown in your face. With media and music and music videos and movies and things like that, it's just, and then it's not talked about, it's taboo to talk about it, to talk openly about it, about how everyone has their own sexuality and their own style and stuff, you know, so just, I guess we end up growing up and try to copy other people's sexuality, that's when things go weird and go wrong, like, they say that watching too much porn affects your your sexual life, of course it does, I mean, you know, I guess we just see things and we copy it and we think instead of just you know getting in touch with who we really are but yeah I say all that to say no one teaches young children about it no no one teaches it in school I remember being in health class in uh, the, I guess high school and we, we didn't really talk about sex we didn't it was health ed what is it health class sex ed part and we only saw like you know, a few pictures of some disgusting ass diseases on some penises and vaginas and, and called it a day and it was like 30 minutes long and I remember, you know, it just being not that much. It was like, oh, you know, of course diseases, sure. So you just don't want us to have sex ever? So how are we going to procreate? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, I was old enough to understand that that was some bullshit. Teaching us abstinence instead of, uh, instead of protection and, and uh, I mean, all the other things that come with a healthy sexual relationship. I mean, I don't know about it, obviously, so I'm just speaking from a dumb point of view. And, but, you know, what else can you do? You know? This episode, I'll be like Janelle Monet talking about sex, like she does on Netflix. There's a thing called Explained. It's a Netflix series. 
and the sex explained was one of my favorites i watched like every single episode on every single topic music explained language explained food explained just everything during the pandemic i watched i love that series but um in a survey conducted to 1,000 lesbians, they were more turned on by a video of bonobos getting it on than watching heterosexual sex. Yeah, things like that. The Nelmone, she has a great voice for that. But yeah, let me, let me hop to my, uh, let me uh, pull up my palm. Definitely, I have a sex palm that I wrote. Definitely, it was inspired by the alluring nature of sex these days. And the uh, the way it's just taboo and in your face at the same time, and um, here it goes. It's called uh, what is it called? Hmm. I guess we'll just call it. Um, a, a <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I just tossed it together. You know, I just spit rhymes sometimes. So. We call it uh, an art and a science. An art and a science. How's that? I can scream. No one taught me till my voice is hoarse. But it feels like the carrot being dangled in front of the horse. Worse than a pandemic hitting across the world. I grew up staying six feet away from all pretty girls. People, even me, thought I was gay in confusion. All I wanted was to play soccer till I was disillusioned. Attraction is an art and a science, just like coffee pouring, all for something so natural, yet it seems so alluring. Tens end up with rich guys for that thing unspoken. If you don't believe me, just walk the streets of Hoboken. Sexual suppression because in school they don't teach, so it's out of reach. I understand the creeps. There you go. That was an art and a science. So... Yeah, back to my regularly scheduled program. I mean, this episode will be about sex. Like I said, stop listening if you're easily offended, you know. And uh, here we go. Let me start off with the um, with the uh, icebreaker. Well, first of all, let me, I did go to the nude beach this week. That's definitely related. That was, you know, I just wanted to... Th- there's a beach in Jersey in Sandy Hook called Gunnison Beach. It's like beaches A through F or something. A through H or something, and uh, G, Beach G is the one, and it's like a half a soccer field long along the, along the shore. There's not much waves, and I went there early in the morning. I guess they opened at nine. I was there at like eight with a couple people. As soon as I go there, there's people naked. I said, "Oh, I'm in the right spot," and it's cool. It's like it used to be some sort of military base, and uh, yeah, it was great. I just I got there. I just looked around. I said, "Oh, you know, let me get naked," you know. I'd hopped in the water, I swam immediately. I mean, I was, I'm pretty comfortable with my naked body. The only thing I was afraid of was, you know, getting a boner, getting me a chubby wubby. But make no mistake, there was no attractive people on the beach, no attractive naked people anyway. Everyone's old, you know, saggy ass crack, saggy titties everywhere. It's just what it is. I guess, you know, well, it did cost 20 bucks to get there. I'm just imagining it's probably old, rich people, old, retired people just going there just to get away from things. Maybe they feel lonely. Maybe they're stressed. Yeah, it's a stress reliever. You just go there and you feel free and you swim around. You might talk to somebody. It's cool, you know. I like running along the beach, so, of course, I ran. I swam. Um, I ran naked a little bit. It's kind of weird. I mean, when you run naked, it's like your penis goes up and like flops up and down uncomfortably i mean underwear is a great invention so yeah i ran the entire length of like four beaches plus like a nature area so that was good i mean i did get diarrhea afterwards i feel like my insides were shaken shaken to oblivion i was uncomfortable but I think it was the water too and later that day i did have like a blueberry muffin a thing of cold brew and some tea and some other coffee and then beans. The beans did it for me. I thought I was getting a good deal at the corner place in Newark and they gave me a dollar for a small thing of beans, but make no mistake, it blew me up. But yeah, I'm feeling better now. It was great. New Beach was great. Like I said, nobody attractive. Except for the lifeguard, that was the only thing. When I saw the lifeguard, I was like, oh, it's a cute white girl, you know, probably 20 something. She was like avoiding eye contact and stuff. Of course, what do you expect? 
So, yeah, I, I you know, pretend that I lost my bag and I didn't know where it was and I was walking around and walked as close as I could to her. And then I looked up at her, naked, of course, and she, you know, whew, immediately turned her head. I could tell she was checking me out, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, I almost got a chubby wubby after that. Then I was like, oh, my goodness, let me, let me please be careful. <sighs> Not like... um. I would have been embarrassed or anything. Yeah, I probably would have been a little embarrassed, but what can you do? I'm only human. Yeah, like I said, I was running. It was good. I was swimming. I was reading my Buddhist book. Um, it was cool. People were. I didn't conversate with anybody. It was my first time. I was. Everyone's kind of minding their own business. Gay kids everywhere. There was two dudes, probably like twenty something again, uh, just sitting with their legs crossed, facing each other. I was like, hey, yo, but, you know, it's good. It's good to see that. It's good to see people just, just doing what they like and not giving a fuck. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I did see one dude, black dude, and a big-ass dick setting up his tent. Mad comfortable. I was, and that's the, I was like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> I said hi to him. His dick was, like, hanging like a pendulum. I was like, oh, my goodness, you know? Make no mistake, my dick sits on top of my testicles, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, in Greek times, in ancient Greek times, it was like uh, the cool, it was like the thing. It was like cool to have a small penis. You know what I mean? It was like uh, more accepted, you know, <laughs> instead of these days. But um, yeah. Yeah, I could blame my European ancestry for that. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, when I hopped in the water, that's when I was not afraid at all of getting a chubby wubby. I was like, damn, I'm freezing. My, my, my dick shriveled and I, uh, my whole body turned purple. But I wasn't cold because I was, I was, you know, when you exercise, you get that warmth. So I balanced out, you know. But yeah, it was a good experience. I remember chasing the birds away. I had to toss my Speedo on, of course when I went to the other parts, the other beaches. And so, yeah, definitely it was a great experience. I mean, um, when I was chasing the birds away and uh, when I was running naked, I tried not to make eye contact with people because just avoid awkwardness. I would try to say hi to a couple people, but yeah, I was mostly just, you know, thinking about the birds and making up raps in my head. That's when I was, you know, chasing them away. I was like, hmm. They're like, and they're all flying away at the same time. Hundreds of seagulls and, you know, birds that I ain't no seen before. That's why they have the, uh, you know, birds nesting here protection sign. It's pretty cool. And so I was like, wow, they're all cawing and stuff. I guess the translation of that would be, oh, my God, oh, my God, fly away. It's a, it's a two-leg walking, two lips talking, one tongue speaking, ten toes creeping, two lungs breathing, blue blood bleeding, nine-month breeding, bonobo, chimpanzee, and homo sapien. So, yeah, I was just saying that to myself and, you know, kind of looking down, you know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm definitely comfortable with my naked body. It was great. Um... Yeah, we'll jump straight into the icebreaker question. When did I lose my virginity and how was it? Here comes uh, story number one. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a hard one for me, but I'm good. Self-expression, never sexual suppression. I was 23 years old and um, I had just gotten some sort of new job that definitely didn't work out. And... Uh, uh, I was feeling myself. I went to a strip club for like the uh, second time, third time, and I decided to just go crazy, you know. Well, I mean, they took advantage of me. That's a fact. I walk in and they're like, oh, pay $75 for VIP. Oh, pay $25 for three beers. And, and it's just ridiculous. Like, they, I guess they saw I had a nervous energy and they just decided to go all in. I mean, what, what can I really blame them? No. So, yeah, definitely they did that. And then, you know, the girls be stalking, like, the girls be, you know, preying on us. Of course, the sex workers, like, that's their job to notice when a, a nervous kid, to notice who's going to waste all their money. So someone went straight after me and uh, just grabbed my hand and took me to, to get a lap dance. And, well, do you want to fuck? And I'm like, all right, I guess. 
and she took me to the VIP section, and you know that's exactly what happened. And I lasted, I guess, uh, 20 seconds. So yeah, it wasn't the ideal situation, but it is what it is. What can you do? I was 23, and so yeah, I mean, y'all are probably listening, like, you know, thinking, "Wow, he's 23. That's kind of late," or he seems so well spoken. Like, how did that happen? I mean, I mean, I'll just jump straight into the shouldn't you be section for, for all the judgments that might be floating in the air. Make no mistake, it's natural to judge. So, you know, someone might say to me these days, or you're probably thinking in this very moment, you're 27 and a good guy, you're smart, you went to school, uh, high school diploma, you can hold a job. Shouldn't you have a girlfriend or have been in a relationship? And to that I say, you guessed it, not necessarily. Well, I had no social skills growing up. I couldn't even talk to anybody in general. So uh, talking to girls, like that was like not even on my radar. Uh, I wasn't taught, like I said in last podcast, I wasn't taught social skills and I just didn't get it. I was one of those. I didn't even keep eye contact with people. I still have problems with eye contact these days. Um, sometimes it makes no sense to me, like, you know, I don't really feel like eye contact is necessary to carry a conversation, but that's neither here nor there. I had a, a phase in middle school where I stayed away from people so as not to be touched. I didn't want to be touched at all, but, but as far as, as far as girls, I had a lifelong phase. My whole life, I've been just afraid of pretty girls. Like, I would see a pretty girl and feel like, oh my god, like, I just don't feel comfortable around pretty girls. Like, you know, I just, I feel like, and my heart will start beating. Even these days it happens, you know. But I don't stay away from pretty girls anymore. I don't stay away from anybody anymore. I'm just saying, like, the heart stuff, the, the my, my heart beats in my throat, kind of, when I see pretty girls sometimes. And I get a little, like, uh, depression, negative thoughts and stuff. But yeah, growing up, I was to stay away from pretty girls. That was the thing. So, I mean, except for Kim, I remember this girl named Kim when I was like 13. I'm not trying not to say names in this podcast, but, you know, this one doesn't matter. Uh, shout out to Kim, right? So when I was 13, she, uh, we just were best friends and stuff. Like, I never had a friend that close before in my life. It was great. I mean, we were in middle school. We would hang out all the time. We'd be in class together. We'd talk about everything. I think on Valentine's Day, she sent me something, and I didn't send her anything back. I just didn't know. You know I just didn't get it. And she was cute. I just, this just never occurred to me. I just was so comfortable in seeing her every day and, and just in the moment that I didn't think about changing anything. I was just so happy with her. You know, we were like peas and carrots, but... I mean, we even talked about sex one time. I think she, she was like, oh, you watch porn? And I'm just like, yeah, of course. All guys do, I'm pretty sure. And then she was like, wow, okay. I didn't know that. And so, yeah, I mean, besides that, that's the one example I could think of. I would just stay away from pretty girls all throughout high school, too. And then people would make fun of me and say, oh, you like Justin Bieber, too? You must be gay and all type of stuff. But, yeah, the strip club put me in serious debt. The, uh, the sex worker I was with was Colombian. She had me going to the ATM like three times. I had spent like a, a 600 plus dollars on just her. Like the way she was like fucking with me like, oh no, but it's 100 more. Okay, but no, okay, so definitely 80 more. And, and okay, no, it's, it's, it's 525 as I said. And I'm like, Jesus in Christ, like it's ridiculous. But yeah, I still haven't learned my lesson. I still be going to uh, not strip clubs, but I'd be going to happy ending massages. Sometimes they do me wrong and they charge overcharge and stuff. And nah, but life's about progression, right? I haven't, I haven't spent that much, 600 plus. That was a lot. But yeah, I plan to go more to massages and stuff. Like, like, um, you know what I mean? I enjoy, I enjoy a happy ending massage every now and then. It's relaxing and stuff, but. Yeah, uh, I'm planning a trip to Colombia in a year, so I know down there it's like dollars multiplied by four, so I might as well save, not go now and go then, you know, definitely. And it's more accepted there, you know, sex work, definitely more accepted there, uh, and they definitely have massage places like they do here. 
Now, I could basically save up $2,000 and get four times as much pussy in Colombia and Medellin specifically, um, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, even though I'm not addicted to sex, <laughs> I'm not addicted to sex or masturbation, in my opinion. It's just like, uh, I have a new theory about that. It's like addiction, it could be really bad if it's like instilled in you from young. Definitely. Like, for example, I spoke about my overeating habits and uh, how I was traumatized by my aunts and uncles, you know. So, yeah, I mean, like, like with food, for me, like if, if you were having sex since young and, and if you were having sex since young and stuff like that and, um, you know, something was, something was overstimulating or something like that, I mean, you could get addicted. I could definitely see that. You know, I've only recently started having really good sexual experiences, so, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, I lost my virginity at 23 and it was not enjoy not too enjoyable, you know. After that, I didn't have sex for like three years, you know, just life, just life, you know, until I got like a more stable, more uh, regular job, definitely a more stable job, um, you know. Definitely, I started going to get massages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's when I remember feeling insecure about being naked for sure. But I got over that quickly, you know. So. Yeah, so like I was saying, sorry I was being interrupted. Um, yeah, I mean, I also feel like it could get a little tricky when you grow up not having sex until 23 and suddenly you have sex and it feels overwhelmingly good. I could, I could see you get addicting. I could see someone getting addicting that, addicted that way, but uh, it didn't happen with me. Like I said, I only recently started having decent sex experiences in life. So, I mean, like I said, I, I had sex again when I was like 26. Actually, it was, it was just a hand job. It was just at the massage parlor. And, um, yeah, a couple more massages with happy endings. Then I had sex with a co-worker at one of my jobs. Like I said, I won't say any names or locations. At this job, there was no written rules at the job saying I couldn't fraternize with any co-workers. There was definitely no paperwork saying that I was a boss with some sort of authority over people. Yet I was accused of sexual harassment when I had sex with a co-worker. This was the first time for me having sex with somebody without paying. Like normally, like meeting someone, going out on a date, watching a movie, and a physical escalation and all that. So, yeah, I was feeling suicidal after that. I was like, oh my God, the first time I have sex normally, I get accused of this and it makes no sense. So, yeah, it was a low point in my life for sure. Of course, I'll do an episode on mental health, but but yeah, there's many violent and negative thoughts after that. And uh, it just feels good to get it off my chest. But yeah, you know, if someone accused me of that. Anyways, I would do it again. It was great. It was fun. Sex should be fun. It was great. You know, uh, I remember another time I was having sex. I think she began to suck me with no condom. And I think it felt so good. I was going to come any second. So I started saying my ABCs. I was like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then we both just started dying laughing. Other times, I would just try different positions and stuff. Uh, I remember one time I said, oh, stand up so we could do a face-to-face -face standing. Like they do in the porns. And make no mistake, I was not big enough. I was not coordinated enough. You know? <laughs> but my best experience was in Colombia. I went to Colombia for like three weeks in, in 2020 and uh, I um, in Medellin somewhere it was a massage place. It was great, you know, like 50 different girls walk up to you and say, hi, I'm number blah 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 and they turn around for you and they just show what they got going on. You pick whoever, oh I want number 55 and number whatever. So the one girl was like, I'm a, soy el numero a 50, 54? And I, was, and I was like, yeah, that was really good, good. And so I remember, I remembered her. She was pretty thick. The other girl was like a skinnier, younger looking one. I was like, I want number 26 and number 54. The two girls at once. I don't remember their names. We'll call them Valentina and Angela. 
you know, <laughs> it was such a great experience. I mean, you know, had a lot of fun, definitely, definitely. I mean, I you know, I had to make sure to make them both feel comfortable and conversation was going great and stuff. And yeah, I would definitely go back. That's why I'm planning to go back in a year. Sex should be fun. I remember one time I was, I was dancing naked with a girl. I was like, oh, let me teach you this bachata routine, you know? Oh, I just remembered, you know, the way you held my hand just now, it was like this, and we were just da, 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 da. And <laughs> we were just dancing naked bachata, you know, it's what it is. I, I like to have fun, not take life too seriously, you know? And I guess it shows confidence, girls like that, you know? And another time in Medellin, too, it was, it was like a run-down-ass place. This girl was way too cool though she was like uh the, the sex worker it was like shabby looking place and this guy was with the beer he's the one that took my money and said oh come this way oh you're gonna see paula and i was like oh that's cool and then paula would just like shouted jairo dame un condon and i'm just like god damn all right she, she's you know just chilling uh she had pimples on her ass you know she made me come pretty quick but i i, I tried to come twice like I did with the two girls in the other uh, uh, massage place, but I couldn't come twice, you know, that's what it is. But yeah, my trip to Colombia was quite something. Like, I really had a lot of great experiences. Uh, I met a girl from Spain in San Andres that I would not... San Andres is like a little island in the Caribbean near the coast of Guatemala or Nicaragua. This is near the Central America and... Um, it, part, it belongs to Colombia. It's a very touristy place. You have to pay like 112,000 pesos, which is like $35 to just to go there. You know, that, that goes to say, I say all that to say it's a touristy place. And um, yeah, man, it's great swimming there. It's, it's in the sun all day. I got burnt to a crisp. But uh, yeah, I met a girl and I guess we were staying in the same hostel, something like that. And I went swimming and yeah, I went crazy, like, I just went in the ocean all reckless, like, barefoot and just swimming from rock to rock and with hard-ass waves. I think I, I must have, like, got tossed against the big-ass boulder and there was erizos everywhere. That's what they call those little sharp balls that just float around in the sea. And I stepped on, like, ten of them and then, like, one of, one of the needles got shot, like, really far inside my big toe on my right foot. And I couldn't walk after that. I was limping everywhere. It was like towards the beginning of my vacation too. And I was like, all right, well, there goes my vacation. Fuck. But lo and behold, this lovely lady, you know, just pays to be nice to people. She like performed surgery on me. She took it in your, her, her fucking, um, I guess, what is it? For your eyebrow, like an eyebrow tweezer. And um, just like plucked the thing out of my toe. You know, I was like, wow, this is, I gave her a big, fat, uh, tight hug after that. But yeah, I just didn't have escalation skills back then. That's like, you know, physical escalation. I learned that. I, I really study attraction on YouTube these days. You can learn anything on YouTube. So yeah, I definitely study attraction and physical escalation and things like that. There was, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I had those skills. I mean, I'm working on it now and I'm aware of them. So, so that's good. But definitely back then, no clue. No clue. Just, you know, just a shy kid, you know? I don't like to use the word shy, but it seems right in this moment. Uh, and I remember in Barranquilla, after that, that's near the Caribbean coast. There was like, I went during um, uh, Carnaval, or Carn Carnival, whatever they call Fat Tuesday, you know, the day before Ash Wednesday, Mardi Gras, whatever the fuck. They have the same thing in Colombia, a big-ass celebration. They say the biggest... Carnaval celebration besides Rio de Janeiro in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil is in Barranquilla and I went to that one on Tuesday and uh, yeah the parade was great a lot of African culture and I was like oh shit this is awesome and when they played Celia Cruz La Negra Tiene Tumbao everybody lost their fucking mind I was like that's that's what's up not <laughs> a great time but yeah I was by myself and not really talking to many people just observing just having fun and uh, yeah, there was this American dude next to me and he's like kissing the girl on the lips, a native, uh, a young girl who just with her family there. And I'm just like, and they're talking in English, like broken English, she's talking and he's talking with his gringo accent. And I'm like, how does he, 
how is he doing that? Like, you know, those those escalation skills, man, I was like, I was kind of jealous. I was like, I need to learn how to do that. Like, if I could travel around the world and be able to just pick up girls, like, damn, that would be amazing. But, yeah, I had, like, uh, escorts lined up. You could go online and find escorts. You know, those are people that, like, pretend to be a girlfriend and then might have sex with you at the end of the night or something. But... Yeah, I definitely blew all my money before I got the chance to follow up on those. And, like, there was a salsa class that I even paid for and didn't go to because I broke my shoulder. And, uh, yeah, yeah. When I was back from Colombia, it was quarantine time. I was jerking off every day, so it is what it is. Yeah, definitely one of my most notable experiences was uh, uh, kind of recently. I went to a massage place in New York. I've been to... Uh, happy ending massage places in New York a few times had a decent experience this one was was like amazing like the best experience I've ever had like once I had once I her name was Kiki and um, make no mistake at the end of it she got me like Kiki do you love me are you riding I was like wow that was so amazing because I think I went yeah definitely I went there and this old ass lady was about to do my was about to do me. I was like, no, 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 please, no. Lord, have mercy on my soul. And so I was just like, excuse me, um, I know you're already in here giving me a shower and all that. Like, I was already naked, but can you please, like, can I get a, a beautiful young girl? Can I get Kiki, the, the girl at the front desk? I, you know, is she available? And I was so glad that I, that it just pays to be nice to people. I'm saying manners will take you where money won't. That's what Charlemagne the God says. <laughs> uh, shout out Charlemagne the God. I mean, manners will take you where money won't. When I walked in the uh, uh, massage spa, I said hi to the front desk lady well, because she was cute and all that. But I just say hi to everybody. I said, oh, what's your name? And then she's, oh, Kiki. And I'm, I'm Fernando. Nice to meet. Oh, thank you. And I thought, like, uh, okay, like, she's, I guess, not available. She's the front desk girl. Okay, she's too hot anyway. I mean, like, I don't know. So then I was just like, can I get Kiki or somebody? And then like the old lady was like, you want Kiki? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so lo and behold, I was like, Kiki showed up and uh, we had a grand old time. She let me drink my brandy that I had packed on me and we were talking and then we were joking. But the main joke, she barely spoke English. So I basically stuck with the basic words and basic jokes. She was like, okay, baby, okay, baby, take everything off. Okay, baby, lay face down. And I'm like, why? No, don't call me baby, call me sir. I like sir. And then she started dying laughing and that was her thing. Okay, sir, okay, sir. <laughs> so we just had a great time, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, recently I've been thinking, like, I probably need to take a break from sex because, like, i just been thinking, like, I need to have even better experience than Kiki. Like, I need to, I need to, you know, spread my seed. And it's like, man, that's too much money. That is just not even feasible. Like, I'm just going to become a sex addict. I'm just going to become broke as fuck. And I need to be saving for Colombia and focus if I get pussy somehow, some way, somewhere, that's great. It's very possible. I have skills and, you know, tools, YouTube, but, and I could navigate, you know what I mean, physical situations. I could really navigate sexual situations. I know how to, you know, but yeah, I probably should take a break. I, you know, anyways, I'm meeting girls through, you know, different fun activities that I do, dance, volunteering, sports, you know. Just at the park even, the other day I walked straight up to the hottest girl in the park and just just a, a white girl, she was like a 9 out of 10. Very, very, very thick, nice body, fat ass, tight pants. She had the cutest dog with her. It was a, a fucking uh, hair, a furry chihuahua. A chihuahua with fur. And I was like, wow, that's a cute dog. Can I say hi? And then I just ended up getting her phone number, but she didn't call me back. I was expecting that I could tell I learned so much from that one. I was like, wow, towards the end she seemed uninterested. She seemed like pitiful. She gave off this energy, was like, oh, I'm only giving you my number just to be polite. I didn't say anything like upfront and, and uh, ballsy. 
I was just playing it safe the whole time. But it's like the first time for me doing that, walking straight up to the hottest girl. Like, I got this feeling as soon as I was about to approach, like, oh, my God, she's too hot for me. Like, that just automatically came to mind. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I can't think like that. I cannot think like that. It's not an option. So then I forced myself. I just walked straight up to her and slapped her with the magic question. And, you know, I was so proud of myself for that afterwards. But... Yeah, I, could, I meet girls at gardening, farm, uh, uh, traveling, and school. Lord have mercy. I'm going to school in the fall, make no mistake, back to college, community college. And, and, and just going there, like, to sign up and, you know, complain about where's my financial aid and shit like that. Like, sign up and register for classes. Just going to the, to the, to the school and, and seeing all the girls is there. The beautiful girls everywhere. Beautiful black girls everywhere. And, and I'm just like, damn, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait till school starts. I'm harassing every single one of these wonderful, lovely ladies. Not necessarily, but you get the point. I would definitely love to have a black girlfriend. I mean, you know, I, that's, you know I'm attracted to all girls, but I would like black girls. I, I mean, Africa is like my main destination. Like, I, I want to go to... Costa Rica and travel the world. I'm going to New Zealand. That's a fact. But Africa is like the the bucket list. Like it's definitely I'm going there. Once once I'm more mature. Once I'm like uh, you know live life a little bit more. I'm going to Africa. That's the final destination. And I feel like it would be like so awesome to go with the lovely black lady and to feel that special connection to the motherland. But you know I like Asians obviously. <laughs> Uh, Hispanics, of course, you know, I'm Hispanic. Even whites, I mean, even white girls. I mean, obviously, I walked up to a white girl, uh, but physically, more than culturally, I'd say. Culturally, sometimes, we just have no nothing in common. Like, with this girl, I didn't make, that didn't give me a phone call back or didn't answer the phone. Like, I just, I just knew at the end, like, we might not have nothing in common, like, you know, <laughs> but it is what it is. I meet girls through friends too these days. Like that's really exciting. I really have solid friendships, you know, these days that allow the, me to ease my fear. I have I have fears, man. Like it's just what it is, you know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a young kid. I'm facing my fears. I'm not pretending that they don't exist, you know. And I have a fear of lost friendship, or I have a feel of being socially rejected. You know, when I talk to girls, when I ask a girl out, I feel, I feel like, um, like I come off friendly sometimes. And then if I decide to come off sexually, it's like, no, don't do that because, because she's going to reject you. And then you're going to feel bad because, because you're never going to see her again in a lost friendship. It's like, man, who gives a fuck? Now it's like, I really feel that who gives a fuck vibe sometimes. I really feel it's strong because I have strong relationships. I have strong friendships with people that make me feel like, okay, I have a backbone now, like, I can even talk to these people about what happened here afterward, you know, so, I mean, it's a hard journey to get a girlfriend to talk to girls, like, especially with these, with this walking up to girls and getting rejected, and, you know, this was the first time walking up with Bailey, it was the first time walking up to a girl that hot and having the confidence to even say something. And I, it felt so good, but it felt so disappointing, too. It felt like, damn, I have a long way to go. It's just like a mountain of Everest. And, or what is it, Mount Everest, whatever the fuck. You know, it's like climbing a big-ass mountain. It's just like, damn, going uphill. It's like so many things to work on to improve. I, I like, made a list of fucking 50 steps to get a girlfriend, just to just to put it, just to, to show myself that there's light at the end of the tunnel, I could read them all right now. I mean, she, the first 20 have to do with self-improvement. First 20 steps, just, just pure self-improvement. You know, stop fucking with my fingernails. Minimalism, diet, exercise, improve my day-to-day -day mood, uh, improve my eight naturally attractive traits to girls, with confidence, masculinity, being funny, unpredictable, charming, being sexual, being charismatic and being socially intelligent, uh, improve on Marnie's, that's, that's the wing girl, that's the Ask Women podcast, shout out Marnie. Uh, three player secrets, uh, having self-trust, taking charge of the situation and having anti-tunnel vision as she calls it. That basically means like having an abundant state of mind, like oh, all girls want me, I have plenty of fish to choose from. 
fish in the sea, whatever. Plenty of girls to choose from. Uh, being on point more often, I guess that includes stopping drinking, all this stuff. Just, just like 20 more steps, you know, controlling my interest level because of the paradox of needing to appear less interested than other men. It's just, you know, a lot of things that are so confusing to me and they make no sense. That's why I like the uh, Far From Average YouTube channel, to be honest. They, it just puts it out flat and plain English for you. Paradox. This is the paradox. You have to seem less interested in the girl to show her that uh, you're more interested. <laughs> it's just like, you know, all this stuff is so confusing, this, this girl business. But make no mistake, I have no choice but to go forward to keep going uphill, you know? Slowly changing my mentality to an abundance mentality in order to not give off the desperate energy. And, you know, that's step number 20. So, and step number 50, of course, is, you know, start saving money for real. You know, every, every meal that I save $30 on, I could tip 100,000 pesos or more for sexo oral natural, as they call it in Colombia. I'm really looking forward to this next trip. You know, I'm going to Colombia next summer uh, before I go woofing again. And, uh, yeah, I'm having sex with a different sex worker each day. Or maybe the same girl. is whatever I feel. I'll try new positions, ways of talking. I'll get phone numbers, get experience. And after that, it'll be like a new level for me. Like, I'll sharpen my conversation and flirting skills, my confidence. I'll walk around like, like, uh, like I'll drastically lower my desperate energy around hot girls in a normal day-to-day -day life. And that would be so, like... I will really reach a new level. Make no mistake, I've already come so far, you know? And um, once I reach that level, it's like I'll, I'll be just as social and romantically skilled as other people. I mean, I shouldn't be looking at other people, that's a fact, but, you know, I am a little bit... I should be thinking that it's more like a personal goal, I guess. Well, I shouldn't be doing anything. I just should be doing whatever the fuck I want. So I'm thinking how, you know, I'm just being practical. Right, I've already come so far, like I said, I used to be not able to smile, or not stop smiling, I had Mr. Nice Guy Syndrome my whole life, like, I'm just always smiling to, to avoid conflict, <laughs> smiling at everybody, please don't argue with me, no, I don't like conflict, you know, I would stay away from pretty girls, I still get the heart sunk feeling in my chest, and now I'm approaching, flirting, physical escalation, well, at least attempting to, the other day I'd, uh, Talked to a girl at the skating rink, Siani, so hot. But, you know, she was like a 10. You know, I was really attracted to her. I skated, I didn't walk, I skated straight up to her. And I was like, how are I slapped her with the magic question, how are you? And uh, yeah, I just remember having to see the, seeing the opportunity to physically escalate in the perfect way because she gave such a positive reaction. She was into me immediately too. And then, like, she had, it was like a Caribbean night at the skating rink and they were playing all Caribbean music. And, and, and later they played Ed Sheeran, what is it, uh, Thinking Out Loud. Um, and, and me and her, me and Siani danced like, like if it Sorry, I got cut off. Yeah, me and Siani danced like if it was a wedding or something to Ed Sheeran. I don't know why they were playing the Ed Sheeran on Caribbean night, but... Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of physical escalation going on. That was quite exciting. Like, I saw the perfect opportunity for me to, you know, physically escalate right from the beginning. But, yeah, I didn't take the opportunity. It was like she had these pants on with the, um, with these, like, drawstrings. They were red, gold, and green. I guess Jamaica, you know, uh, Rastafari, reggae colors or something. And, uh... It was Caribbean. I was gonna. I was gonna like. It, the thought immediately came, and I was like going to do it. But for some reason, I didn't do it. I had second thoughts, and you know, insecure insecurity came, and I didn't do it. I was supposed to reach my hand out and just grab the little drawstrings, and just like right on the front of her pants, you know, right above her vagina, and and, and her you know waist and stuff. And I was just gonna grab the drawstrings and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, what are you Jamaican? And just say something like that and it would have been like she would have got a little hot for a second and it would have been perfect like not too creepy at all just normal and and definitely breaking that closeness barrier the physical touch barrier and stuff i mean we did like i said we danced and skated together i held hands with her and we just you know went backwards together but yeah i could have broke the physical touch barrier in a better way but 
That was cool. I didn't get a call, but I did get her number at the end of the night, and I did not get a call back from her. I guess I didn't come off as the man enough as expected. Like, you know, I just, I had that familiar energy from her at the end. That's like, uh, okay, have a good night. It's like kind of too friendly, and I'm like, fuck, you know. But it is what it is. I learned from that. And, uh, yeah, also, I broke the physical touch barrier with Julie. That's another girl I met at the skating rink. She was a 10. She was definitely a 10. White girl. She's Polish or something like that, but American. I uh, spoke with American accent and stuff. And she was, like, uh, claiming to be a figure skater coach, and I'm just like, or ice skater coach, and I'm just like, man, get the fuck out of here. You can't even skate normally. And I was super teasing her. I was super flirty with her right from the start, like, you know, and she's so hot, and I was, this was, like, the proudest moment as far as, like, uh, with girls in my entire life, like, I really walked up to this white girl, she was the hottest girl in the whole skating rink, without a doubt, and, uh, every, like, you know, I mean, everyone knew it, like, I, I could see, like, she was super hot, and I, and I was the one, people, like, high-fived me when they skated past me, they nodded and saluted me, and I'm like, that's what's up, that's a fact, and I'm skating with all the hot girls, and especially her, like, the whole, the whole night. And so I remember saying something crazy to her. It was it was so funny. It was like, um, I think we're talking. She's like, yeah, I love skating. It's so fun. When I have kids, I'm going to teach them to skate, of course. And I'm like, oh, you're having kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like you could pop out a few kids. And then I'm just, and then she's just like, oh, my God. Is that supposed to be a compliment? And I'm like, it's whatever you want it to be, girl. Oh, so you want to go over here and, you know, let, let me teach you a few dance moves. I changed the subject immediately and I came off mad smooth and mad ballsy. And it worked like a charm because we talked the rest of the night. But definitely at the end of the night, nevertheless, I walked. This was literally the proudest moment of my life. I walked straight up to her and I'm just like, Julie, so, you know, I think you're very attractive. Do you want to go out on a date with me sometime? No, I, I didn't say that. I said, Julie, I think you're very beautiful. Do you want to go get some coffee with me sometime? And she's like, um, no, I have a man's, you know. I don't think he would approve it. And I'm like, uh, I'm speechless. I, have n I had nothing to say. I couldn't believe it, actually. I was dumbfounded. I'm scratching my head, literally scratching my head, standing there looking up to the ceiling. And just because because we were like really flirting hard, like we were, I thought she was I thought she was into me. I was totally into her, but I was being the man. I was talking to other girls too, skating and having fun and then always coming back to her. And then like, what? You have a man? And I'm just like, whoa. I'm just no idea what's going on, but but I'm loving it because she respected me. I think we shook hands afterwards and everything was cool. I felt so proud of myself. I'm like, you got rejected, but but it's all good. And damn, girls are just goddesses. Like they, this girl really could have a hundred dudes on their knees in a line waiting for her. Like the way she was just flirting and just having fun and just being sexy and being social, it was like. Damn, you girls are all powerful. I give it up. I give up. Girls are just goddesses. They really could have guys drooling over them and just and just be nonchalant about it. I'm like, holy shit. That shit was hot. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I've already come so far. I mean, even from just going to dance classes recently, I've learned so much. It's just like when I first started going, to, I do like salsa dance classes and bachata classes. When I first started going, I would get like this heart sunk feeling and just crash afterwards. Because make no mistake, going to dance class for me, uh, growing up the way I did, it's like it's like shooting heroin. It's like uh, it's like doing drugs. It's, it's a lot of dopamine and oxytocin and just over flooding of my neurons with this stuff. And and it's just like cause cause of uh, we do like partner dancing and there, there could be like ten girls that rotate and then ten guys. It's usually you know fifty fifty. 50% guys, 50% girls around that. And so we just rotate and uh, if there's 10 girls, like probably two or three of them are super hot. The other ones are like, you know, average hot. And, and we rotate and I feel them up close and I feel their hands in mine and, you know, their arms on mine and we, we're close. I'm looking them deep in the eyes and my hands around their shoulder, on their hair. And sometimes I move their hair out the way and I put my hand on their back, you know, that, you know what I mean, under the hair, do the little hair flick. I love doing that. I love feeling girls' hair, you know, that's really my thing. But 
Yeah, it's so hot. It's so it's a lot of dopamine. It's a lot of you know, a lot of good feeling. It's too much, you know. And definitely, I I, I built up a tolerance for this oxytocin and dopamine flooding, basically. And then uh, yeah, at first I would come, I would I would crash afterwards. I'd go to class, and then afterwards, sometimes the hot girls wouldn't even say goodbye to me, and then I'm just walking home by myself, like damn. What the fuck? And then I would just go drink a bottle of brandy and eat mad fried chicken and drink and fucking mad and eat mad fries. And it's just like, damn, I'm depressed now. Like, this shit is really a sh- This is really a thing. So, yeah, I came off desperate at first, too. Like, I would be I would be so close to these girls. And afterwards, I'd be like, uh, excuse me, um, just trying to talk to them too hard, you know, trying to flirt too hard. And I would ask to walk home with them. They'd ignore me. And then just, you know. Definitely not anymore. Now, now I just look at it like I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna be confident. I'm gonna be attractive. I'm gonna be excited, exciting to be around. Not the one that's desperate walking up to every girl. I will be dancing with every girl because that's that's fun. It's just fun, you know. And I'm used to it. And I understand that girls are a lot more social than guys by nature, by evolutionary standards. And so whenever the opportunity presents itself, I can flirt up a storm and that's it. Like, I'm just getting myself used to being around tens, getting that abundant state of mind. This uh, anti-tunnel vision, as Marnie the wing girl calls it. So, yeah, that's what I'm working on now, you know. That's, that's, you know, I've really come a long way. I'm proud of myself. So, yeah, thank you for listening. That's my sex life. (laughs) I really appreciate it. I mean... This was great. This was great for me. If it was a bit too explicit for you, I humbly apologize. I certainly hope you can forgive me. Just kidding. I don't give a fuck. Not necessarily. I don't care. If you don't like it, just turn it off, as I said, and go fuck yourself. Literally. I mean, not to sound obscene. Literally, just obviously fucking others may not be your thing. If you don't like my lyrics, you could press fast forward. I got 99 problems and expressing myself ain't one. But if you're late somehow or find the show just interesting, you know, then by all means, join me next week. Until next time, peace and love.